Welcome to episode 51 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fontes, with Eric Sanchez. We are back after a couple-week break because I was selling my house and I was trying to do work stuff and all this professional stuff, and I appreciate all the love on Twitter and back and forth, but we're back. We Wait, where are you? No one said that. <laughs> okay. Nobody said that. It was real life stuff. Uh, the audio may sound a little different today, guys. Maybe a little bit of an echo here or there. We're in my kitchen because our normal podcast studio is being used as a place to have a bunch of boxes with our stuff since me and my family are trying to move. So we will uh, maybe have this again in the next show. But when we move my new house, hopefully we'll have a basement, we'll have a podcast studio. Wow. We'll be, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. Make sure you're following this guys on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for listening, and be sure to tweet us, follow us. We will tweet back and talk wrestling stuff all the time. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. If you're an iTunes user and you want to log in and send a review to us, that would really help us a lot, so please do that. And head to whatamaneuver.net. We have one T-shirt up now. My goal is by July to get the second T-shirt up. If you pick up a shirt, that helps support the show's server costs and helps keep it free and help basically help, helps me from not losing money every year, which is what I do with the show anyway, but that's okay because this show is for fun. This week's show, the main topic, <clears throat> is one that I don't really even know how I thought of it, and I think I, I came up because I was listening to Chris Jericho's podcast, I don't know if you heard it this week, where it was the rebuttal to Eric Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast. Yeah, I listened to the Bischoff one, but not Jericho. It's on my phone. I haven't listened to it yet. It was really good. Uh, Both of them were really good, by the way, the Jericho one and the 83 Weeks one with Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. So with Jericho's, he was talking, telling a story about, he's like, they were in the bar after Starcade, and like all these guys were going up to Eric Bischoff telling what a great job he did in his Larry Zabisco match. Mm-hmm. Like his karate kicks, oh, your kicks look so good. He's like, man, what a bunch of kiss asses. And I was like, you know, and I was like, I remember something hilarious happening in that match. <laughs> and it was, of course, when Scott Hall put a steel plate in Derek Bischoff's Trying boot. Trying to load the boot. <laughs> yeah, and he kicked it, and the boot went not just flying a little bit, like flying out like 20, 30 rows up. In the, At in least, the, It yeah. was hilarious. So then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, everyone shits on this show, and everybody hates it. Let's go back and find some positive stuff. And I found a lot of positive stuff to talk about. We'll do some, you know, what-if stuff, all that. Um, It's not a great technical wrestling show. There's no five-star matches or anything. But storyline-wise, and, like, it brought me right back to being a seventh grader Mm -hmm. in 97, like, being so obsessed with the Sting storyline, even though I tried to tell myself I wasn't because I was a huge WWF fan. You know, it brought me right back. So that's the main topic of our show. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Also, if it works out today, we're going to have a special guest. He's supposed to call in an interview in a little while, uh, Carrie 
You know him formerly as a squared circle guy, now out at collar X elbow guy. He was front row for Money in the Bank and for NXT TakeOver Chicago this past weekend. I want to get his thoughts on the difference between the two shows because I was watching the two of them, and I, I noticed a lot of big production value difference in the two of them. They're presented a little bit differently, and I also wanted to get Kerry's opinion on the new pay-per-view format, which is no more dual brands, but the shows are longer. So what kind of he thought being there, and if he thinks that's better, we should do more shows. We'll get into that, hopefully, if it works out. Mm-hmm. And if not, we'll catch up with him later, but we're supposed to talk with him about an hour or so. Uh, did you see both TakeOver Money in the Bank this past weekend? I watched TakeOver from beginning to end. Did you um, watch I mean, it live or like on delay? On, on delay. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, well... Yeah, about an hour behind because I also watched um, that Stephanie McMahon on uh, Undercover uh, Boss. Undercover Boss. Yeah. So I really liked that, and then I watched the uh, Takeover. I love the Takeover show. Yeah, it was like it was really good. I thought. Yeah. I thought the t- opening tag match was the match of the night. You know, I, I lo- think so too. I'm like, there's no way anybody can beat this because it was so fast, so quick, uh, reverse left to reverse left to reversal, and then it, high impact moves and just everything was so smooth and fluid. I was impressed with uh, Oni Lorcan. I think it was Biff Busick mm-hmm. on the Indies. Him and uh, Danny Birch. I never really seen him before, but I thought the two worked together great against. Um, um, Undisputed yeah. Era. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the main guy's name. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm not a week-to-week NXT watcher, so I'm not the guy yeah. to ask for that. I just know Adam Cole, baby, and he was on the outside. <laughs> yeah. I, this match, I tweeted out like a spot where one of them got pushed off the top rope, did a front flip, and landed on the apron. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's dead back. <clears throat> awesome show, top to bottom. The Baszler versus Nikki Cross match was a little pretty good. I kind of wish Nikki Cross would have won. Yeah, I do, too. But what are you going to do? I'm a big fan of her. You were, like, the first, like, big fan of hers, and now I like her a lot, too. I like her. I don't know. She's just, like, she is crazy, and she is kind of hot with that crazy look. I, I don't know. know. I just really like it. Yeah, <laughs> big fan. Yeah, I love, I love crazy chicks, I guess. <laughs> The Velveteen Dream Ricochet match. That was awesome. That was awesome. Loved, I love Velveteen coming out as Prince Puma. Um, I don't know if you call it Hollywood that. Prince Puma. Hollywood Prince Puma. Yeah. That was great. Just a great match. And I thought, okay, there's going to be a bunch of spots and flips. And those were mm-hmm. in there, but they told a great story throughout the match, yeah. too. Uh, the main event of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. I thought that one kind of dragged the first 10 minutes, but yeah. then after after that, it started to pick up a little bit more, and then when uh, Ciampo, Ciampo, Ciampo <laughs> Gargano and Ciampa, yeah. Ciampa like, cut the apron and pulled yeah, that stuff back, that then it kind of cool. got a little bit more interesting, yeah, but be- I'm glad they didn't use that part until the end. Mm-hmm, that was, was a big the, spot. Yeah, the wood. It, it was brutal. Like, the stuff they were doing was brutal to each other, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, what are you guys doing? You're not supposed to be hurting each other. Uh, and then the NXT title, NXT, NXT, NXT title match. What do you think of that? I thought that was the, not in a bad way. I just thought that was the weakest match on the I show. I thought so, too. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. No. It's just, you know, it happened to be on a stacked card. Right. And then everyone, I kind of put something on Twitter. I said, so anyway in hell, Money in the Bank tops TakeOver. And then after Money in the Bank, I was like, it was kind of close. Like, it didn't top it. And I think that's a, a result of TakeOver being half the length of Money in the Bank. Like, if you took the top matches off Money in the Bank, I'd put them neck and neck with yeah. Take over. Um, I guess I'm just not that invested. Like, every week watching Monday Night Raw, I watch as, as much as I can. I'll fast forward through some stuff. Right. It's just kind of like I already seen this match two weeks ago. I already seen this guy last week. Or for the past eight weeks, I've seen this guy wrestle. So I'll skip it because it's nothing new or exciting to me. Like, I can get into it. Yeah. <clears throat> so when it came to Money in the Bank, like, the only ones I really wanted to watch, I wanted to watch the women's. I wanted to watch the men's. I wanted to watch the two women title matches to see how those go would go. 
But I didn't care about the Daniel Bryan cast match. I didn't care about I thought it. the Daniel Bryan cast match was good. I just didn't watch it. You didn't? No. Check it out. It was and good. Then, like, AJ I, and Nakamura, I didn't really care about. Did you watch it? No. It was. Those were two great matches. I'm just saying those were the matches I didn't want to watch. I get it. And I, I get didn't. It. I just, I just kind of skipped through to find the ones I wanted to watch. Go back and watch AJ versus Nakamura. That was the best match they've had in WWE by far. Like, it it just good. seemed like every match that they have just gets worse. Yeah, this I this <laughs> That's one, why I didn't watch it, because my get expectation it. was so low. And I get it, but it was really good. And same with the Daniel Bryan Big Cast match. So my buddy came over to watch it, and I, I had a hockey game, so we started it pretty late and all yeah. that stuff. And I was like, all right, we'll just skip this. And I kind of let it go, and it was a good match. Like yeah. This is like Daniel Bryan's like getting into a groove. Daniel Bryan won clean. Hopefully he just moves on to wherever. I'd love to see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at SummerSlam for the main event for the yeah. title. Like That'd be amazing. I think there's lots of potential for stuff going on there. Well, one of the reasons, well, it was Father's Day, and it was my birthday Sunday, so I didn't realize that the show started at 6. Mm-hmm. So when I was I was grilling my steaks or something at like 6.30, 7 o'clock, so by the time I looked at my phone, I already saw some of the results. I'm like, well, I kind of want to be surprised when I watch this also. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I would watch the matches that I did watch because they happened later in the night. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'll I'll go back and watch. Yeah, them. very good. Both of them very good. Right. So with the Money in the Bank pay per view, before we get into our Starcade match, which was your match of the night for the Money in the Bank show? The ones that you watched anyway? Uh, the women's ladder match. Yeah, poor Sasha Banks. <laughs> that cross by that Ember Moon did to her. It was like in the first two minutes. Yeah, and we're like, oh, poor Sasha. She's right. she's too little to be doing that. Yeah, there's no no meat to, for her to be absorbing those impacts. Yeah, I'm I'm actually more interested in the women matches because I think they go harder because they have more to prove. Yeah, to I, hang with the men, like the men, I don't think. Well, I'm sure they do, but I don't think they take as much risks as the women do because they got to put it all out there, like prove that they're. They yeah, belong. but the men's money in the bank match is good. I was a I fan. Didn't see it. <laughs> God, I'm a fan of you. But I'm, I'm just telling you of what what I. Uh, I made you watch Star K ninety seven instead. It was good. Go watch it back. It was all very right, good. All right. It was very good. The crowd, I think, really wanted Becky Lynch to win, but then they were. Also, I really wanted her to win. Yeah, but throughout the match, I'm like, well, maybe I want Ember. Oh, maybe I want Alexa. Oh, yeah. maybe I want Sasha. The only the people, the only crowd, the crowd didn't want to win. It seemed like was Natty and yeah. Sasha and everyone else. Yeah, like, Natty they, got booed when she was up on the ladder. Like boo. <laughs> well, I think people are like sick of that story type of thing. Yeah. Did you watch the Ronda Rousey Nia Jax match? Yeah, I did. I really liked that. Me match. too. Ronda is. I, I, I think Dave Meltzer. There's like a, something on like Twitter or whatever. So he's like, I will never doubt doubt Ronda Rousey again. He's yeah. like, after putting on that match with Nia, and Nia did great in her role. You know, it was a I great think match. So. It was yeah. a really good match. I think the pace was just slower, um, which was good. Mm-hmm. And they both did a good job of selling, where it wasn't like, oh, that's not believable, or that's blah blah blah. But I thought it was good. A quick shout-out to uh, Daniel Spencer from the Ringside Podcast. Make sure you're following them at Ringside Podcast. I met up with him. He came into town for the Money in the Bank show and was telling me that being there, that he saw, there's during in between one of the matches, there's a bunch of people in black that came down, and he's like, you couldn't see her? He's like, but they kind of snuck Alexa Bliss under the ring for that, oh, the okay. cash. And I thought she came through the crowd. He's like, no, she came from under the ring. Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. And when Kerry comes on, I'll ask him about that because he was – Right there, come see her mm-hmm. come out. Uh, what do you think of her cashing in? I thought I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I, I thought, like how she used the briefcase on both of them because I'm like, you got to hit Nia at least two more times in the head with that thing because I yeah. thought the ref was going to take it from him. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can pin Nia like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Did you like? Did you see Raw yesterday when Ronda went nuts? Yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah. I like that where she beat up Kurt Angle and like 
it's a way to write her off for whatever she's got to go do. Yeah. But it was good. You know, that's the Ronda we want. Her being right. the hell out of people and not that I'm happy to be here, Ronda. Yeah. It was, it was and I like that she didn't just drop Alexa through the table. She threw her through the table, like yeah. dropped and threw. Like she was a badass. Yeah, that's that's what's going to come across. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also on the Money in the Bank review, I liked the what was it the um, the tag? Oh, it was a pre-show tag match. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it was like Gallows. I forget who it was. It was Gallows. It was the Bludgeon Brothers yeah. and the Good Brother. Yeah, the good, I, I, I was calling Gallows now. The Good Brothers. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun little opening match and all that too. But definitely check out the Nakamura Styles match. Did the Hardys wrestle? I thought they were supposed to have a match with the B team. They, I don't remember. I might have skipped. I did skip a handful of matches. It was okay. late. I skipped Jinder versus Roman. I skipped a few matches, but it was. I skipped um, most of Rollins versus Elias. Yeah, that was a good match. But to me, I was like Rollins is going to win. But then yesterday on Raw, totally shocked me with Ziggler winning the IC title. Yeah, I'm like, good for him. I like it. They're giving right. him a push with McIntyre and all that. Good yeah. stuff. Well, I was I asked about the the uh, the leader of worlds because I thought that was supposed to be a match, but then uh, the B team last night in their promo said they're undefeated. So I'm like, well, what what happened in your match if you didn't lose? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. It's okay. Real, real, we're real uh, detail oriented here. <laughs> you ready to get into uh, some Starcade? Of course I am. Hey guys, please excuse this crude buffer between the show and the interview. Uh, I forgot to record one when I was doing the show earlier today because. I had to record this interview with Carrie after we recorded our show. So make sure you're following him on Twitter at Colorex Elbow Guy. And he's got some fun stories about being live at Money in the Bank and at Takeover, as well as a pretty awesome fantasy booking situation with how Strowman cashes in. You're not going to want to miss that. So make sure you're following him on Twitter at Colorex Elbow Guy. Right after the interview, we will get into our Starcade 97 talk. Enjoy. All right, guys, like I mentioned earlier, we got Carrie on the line. You could follow Carrie on Twitter at CollarXElbowGuy and Instagram, too. And as always, if you want to help support Carrie, you could head to uh, the Collar Elbow brand. Use the promo code Carrie for 10% off all your purchases. How's it going, Carrie? How's it going, well? How you doing? Doing good. So uh, we had a pretty fun wrestling weekend, huh? Oh, yeah. I think uh, for two shows back-to-back, has it been that good in a while for back-to-back shows? At least, at least in my opinion. Um, I say yeah. Um, I mean the Rumble, I would say back-to-back was good. I mean, I've Mania, yeah, but I mean, yeah, for two for two shows like that, yeah, that wasn't part of a big four weekend. I would say yes. Yeah. So for guys who don't know, Kerry was front row as usual spot at the uh, Money in the Bank show and the NXT Takeover Chicago show. One thing I want to ask you was, I noticed this on TV, particularly with the takeover compared to Chicago or I'm sorry, compared to money in the bank, the production is a little different. Whereas money in the bank, everything was lit up and takeover. It seemed like it was all dark except for the ring. Was that how it was in the arena? It was all pretty much dark at takeover. Yeah. I noticed that more. I'm not sure more that's because triple H producing. He likes that old school look. I mean, obviously there were empty seats. They're trying to black that out. Yeah. But, uh, I think he does that more. It's more of an old school thing that he likes to do. For, is there a difference for you being that close if everything's lit up or not, or is it pretty much the same because you're front row anyway? Uh, pretty much the same. I mean, you definitely can notice that the crowd's not as lit, but you can still, I, I can still see the crowd and their reactions. Was it, uh, this couldn't, I couldn't, we obviously couldn't tell on TV, but how much of the Allstate was blocked off for the takeover show? Uh, it wasn't as bad as last year. I would say still um, three or four sections in a hard cam uh, were blocked off with the exception of maybe, I think, three rows in each of those sections. Uh-huh. 
So whereas last time it was all of those plus another one. So they did a little better ticket sales-wise. Yeah, and I noticed they kept kind of releasing tickets as it got closer and closer to the event. I wish I could have went, but my schedule, my I mentioned earlier, I'm getting crazy with me moving and everything. But uh, it's it was a, a really the takeover show we'll start with first. Which which matches were not on the live network pay-per-view special? Because I know there was more than four or five matches. So what other ones did you get to see? Uh, they taped two. One, uh, Dakota Kai against Bianca Blair. Mm -hmm. And the other one, oh, shit, I have to go back. To That's match. okay. <laughs> Obviously didn't make that much of an impact on you. No, a good match. I just can't remember. Oh, it was um, War Raiders were in a tag match. Okay. Stuff. Um, not, not They changed the name. TM61, they changed the name. Mm -hmm. I forget the book. Which was your match of the night for TakeOver for just the crowd, I guess, experience? Because I know with the, the main event with Gargano and Ciampa, it's sometimes when they do that that uh, Falls Cut Anywhere hardcore match, it's kind of hard to see, you know, especially yeah. where you are. It is, and that's why I wish those are the times they go back to putting the action on the Titan Tron so everyone can see because it's hard to look up at the uh, uh, at the screens up top, and there are times they, even have, they didn't have them on and the crowd standing, you know, fix the screens. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. For reaction wise, that's tough. Because oh. I mean, every everyone was into every match, you know. So what what, what was the best one for you? For me, uh, oh, easily a uh, Ricochet Double Team Dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. It seemed like the crowd was ready for that to steal the show. I don't know if it necessarily did, but it was it was fantastic. I thought so. I thought they told a great story. Uh, I don't know. I, I think a day or two earlier, like Ricochet had a minor, minor little sprain or something. So maybe he was trying to take it a little easier on that. I don't know. I Maybe, or maybe it was just him proving, hey, I'm not just a spot guy. I can tell a good story. Well, it could have been that too. But I know that he was pulled from a couple of shows off the couple of house shows they did to let him rest because he was had a little slight minor injury. Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. They had a house show in Louisville the night before. And yeah. I was talking to our, our friend down there, and he, he was telling me that, yeah, it wasn't the whole crew. It was kind of – I was like, well, you're kind of getting a preview of TakeOver. He's like, yeah, kind of. He goes, but they kind of mixed it up a little bit, so that makes sense for him being a little bit hurt. Yeah. What about uh, the opening tag match? I think, to me, the crowd was, like, the most, like, excited, it seemed like. That that was a, a surprising match for me. Yeah, and they love Adam Cole. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Adam Cole? I think he's great. I mean, I, 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 you know, he's probably down there for a while longer because they need that star power to, for ticket sales. Yeah. But, you know, as long as they do right, that whole faction could do well when they're called up. And I, I love the North, North American belt. Such a nice little throwback. What was the total? So with, with the dark matches and everything, how long was the total NXT show? Was it about three hours or a little bit longer, or a little bit less? Uh, maybe slightly over three hours, a couple you know, by a couple minutes. Whereas Money in the Bank was just over four, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, with before we get into Money in the Bank, with with takeovers and and with all that, do you, are you a weekly watcher of the takeover product on the network? Uh, I had sometimes I have to go back and watch it just because yeah. that's, that's the same with Raw and SmackDown. Sometimes I have to just read about that. I just have to cut some stuff out. Yeah, stuff. And I don't think that for me, I'm not a weekly takeover or NXT show watcher. And I think it's honestly because I don't remember to watch the network because there's so much stuff on there. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome with this new Fox deal if they could throw like NXT on FS1 or something once a week. I think I'd watch. I'd set in the DVR, I'd watch it once a week. I think that'd be awesome. That or maybe you know make the takeover special on Fox. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, expose them even more to a much broader audience. You'd have to have some commercial breaks, but that would kind of be a throwback to the old Clash of the Champions shows on TBS. Those were a right. big deal. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah. I mean, make it, you know, two, two you know, maybe two and a half hours, maybe four or five matches, you know, as he has the commercial breaks. But, I mean, what a great, great exposure. With the, with the show not being sold out, was there any, any, I guess, less of an atmosphere as there would have been if it was maybe in a small arena that was sold out, something like the UIC Pavilion or something like that? No, as loud as they are, as that, with the Coosters Arena, I would say no. I mean, cause, I mean, I mean, a lot of the NXT, NXT takeovers don't sell out unless it's Mania weekend. So I'm kind of used to the, yeah. you know, the smaller, smaller crowds. Like you know, Philly had far less people, and Houston had a god awful crowd. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, like the whole upper deck was tarped off, and a good chunk of the lower deck was tar tarped off. Yeah, they're they're price they're starting to price a little bit higher, which could be part of it. You know, I think the upper deck uh, that was dead center with the hard cam was like fifty bucks, which is which is a little high. Yeah, it is. You know, especially if you're promoting stuff as a, as an overall family show, what family can afford? You know, hey, two hundred dollars in tickets plus fees, parking, mm -hmm. food, merchandise. You know, let's be a little realistic here. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, hey, as, as I get it. They're gonna they're gonna price test, and they did adjust a little bit. Um, they started to release. Uh, it was like a four pack. So you, could, I could have gotten tickets in the lower corners for like twenty five bucks each. They were they were adjusting as the market demanded. So maybe yeah, next the, time around they'll fix it. I mean, tickets were moving slow. I mean, for uh, up until a couple weeks ago, you could still get second row ringside. So yeah. it was definitely very slow ticket sales. And then they started opening up more, which was, hey, we can finally open up some on the hard cam side in the upper deck, which was those first two, three rolls, and they sold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, with Money in the Bank the next night, um, that's convenient, obviously, for you being local to the area. Not having, you can go home in your own bed and then go back the next day. Uh how what time does the show start for you as, as being ringside at the pre-show is that, are you there at like four o'clock uh no actually no because a friend of mine was late uh i didn't get there i walked in right as the the pre-show tag title match started mm -hmm. so that's I what got, five five thirty six five thirty I, I, I got there five thirty yeah so five thirty till eleven is a long it's a long time yeah i mean but what people told me is like you know you didn't miss anything so I was like okay no reason to really rush just to sit there for an hour doing nothing yeah after you know we'll, we'll kind of go down match by match in a minute but after the show ended and this was was this the first show you've been to since the pay-per-view concept changed oh uh, no i was at backlash okay okay so what do you think do you prefer the longer individual show or do you prefer two shorter shows every month uh the longer one as long as long as you know like time flew by fast for me at money the bank mm-hmm whereas you know for a four-hour show and only having a really short pre-show i think helps versus like mania where it's you know you get the doors open at, I, think, I don't know, 2 o'clock. The yeah. show's at 4, and you go in there, it's almost midnight. That's long. Yeah, and I think I kind of, I'm in your boat, too, as a viewer from home, is I think I'd prefer one longer show once a month as opposed to two shows a month because it gets a little bit watered down. Oh, definitely, yeah, most definitely. And they were hurting for ticket sales. Like I think you mentioned last time you were on, like SmackDown show, pay-per-views were hurting, so this makes sense for them. Oh, yeah, most of them did. Yeah, Fastlane, I would say, did sell out well for a SmackDown show, and but for the most part, they were hurting. This this Money in the Bank show has been so pretty much sold out for at least a couple months. You know there was just only platinum seats left for a while. So the, whatever it was, this this show sold quick. Yeah, it did, and they had they had they had a few in the back sex floor sections that opened up. You know, just a few select amount that was it. Probably just comp comps that weren't claimed or whatever that just get thrown back out there. No, no, those those are actually that's where that's where section five is, but the back back floor ones like you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, the ones behind the announce, like behind the announcers, basically. Well, in the ones further back, you know, there's, there's three sections there, then there's another set of three behind that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I never got why people would sit on those behind it because you you can't see anything because you're flat yeah. on the floor. Well, that and still pay four hundred dollars for that price. Yeah, that's that's a little silly. So oh, my phone's ringing; it's going to go off. So ignore that in the background. Um, 
Now, this show, like you said, it was long, but it didn't feel long to me either, and it sounded like it didn't feel long to you being there. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. What was your match of the night for this show? Because there's, there's a couple to choose from. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, I thought Seth and Elias worked one, worked well together. I Probably, you know, Rhonda was, did very well with Naya. Well, I love the surprise of Alexa coming out and cashing in. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to go with AJ and Nakamura. I thought they told a great story start to finish, especially the ending. I kind of saw that coming, but I still thought that was great. Yeah, I did. I th- to me, that was a match I was like, maybe I'll skip this because their matches haven't been amazing so far. I liked their Mania match, but that was about it. And it stole the show for me, too. And that, that nut shot was pretty intense by AJ. Oh, okay. and it, and it sounded, too. I was like, damn. Hopefully he was wearing some type of steel cup or something. Cause my, my, I would hope so. I'm not willing to take that kind of hit. We were both watching. We just went, oh, my God. <laughs> when Alexa cashed in, did you see the guys all bringing her down, like, in black beforehand? Or did... oh, 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 yeah. I mean I, was, I mean, I figured it was someone else. But we did. And same with the whole the, the Carmella-Oscar match. Yeah. Same. You know, if you pay attention, you know, they turn the lights off, but you can still, if you're front row or second row, ringside, you can still see them do that. Now, you were right there, and there's like a meme going around of you now. After Alexa won, you've got like a, an unexpressed face. It was like me after Alexa wins. What would you yeah. think of that cash-in? I enjoyed it. That must have been just the one time I was just like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if my phone was acting. I was getting pissed off in my camera or yeah. what. Or I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, I kind of felt bad for Nia losing, but then I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to see a cash in for sure. Oh yeah, and saying the crowd ate it up and loved it. You can't when the crowd eats it up and just all into it. You know, you can't beat that atmosphere. I love that it wasn't rushed because she did a few like faked giving it to the ref like two or three times and then kept going yeah. back to beat him up. So I liked that a lot. I did too. Yeah, the way it was tied, the way she took out Ronda as well, I thought was great. Yeah, I didn't really know what the main event of the show was going to be. I figured it'd either be the title match or the men's Money in the Bank, and I think they made the right decision with Braun winning. For the men's match first, who did the crowd want to win? Did they want Braun to win, or was there any clear favor the crowd was really rooting for? Um, honestly, the crowd seemed to be seemed to be just about in favor of everybody, even yeah. Kofi. Oh um, yeah. Um, I mean, I think. You know, I think most people assume Braun's like, well, he, you know, they love Braun's like, oh, he didn't need it, but they weren't pissed that he won. But mm-hmm. I think people were, were hoping to see a Samoa Joe climate or Rude or Finn Balor mainly of, the, of that eight. Or some people thought The Miz might win it. This was a match that, like, it had, like, all the internet darlings in one match, you know? It was kind of cool. Well, that, and it gave, like, so many possibilities. Like, I could see why they might go with this winner for a long-term story or this winner or that one. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't expecting Braun. I figured, like, when they did that spot on the stage of the ladders, I thought, okay, maybe that's how they keep him out of the match where he can't win it. I thought that the Miz was going to win, but I'm good. With, I'm good with Strowman winning. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, plus, you know, I was, I had a wild possibility what they might do with that, and I was like, oh, that would be interesting. Okay, well, what's your what's your possibility on it? Let's let's well, hear what you got. Well, again, it could, this could be very far fetched. Yeah. But the rules do say you can cash it in anytime anywhere now what if someone happens to be finishing a match in an octagon somewhere and someone <laughs> happens to run in that would be incredible i think the i think the mma fans would be so furious i would love it because they hate yeah. wrestling anyways so i would love it it'd be amazing oh, oh god yeah i mean i mean just imagine all of a sudden you know you have to play the man's music to have him all of a sudden come in after the match yeah Oh, and Vince there, the referee in the briefcase, and psh, that's it. That would be incredible. Why not? You know, why not? If, if they could have, you know, celebrities fighting and all the other stuff they do, why not? That'd be, that'd be amazing. Well, well, 
and think of the coverage they would get, yeah. WWE and UFC for that. Well, WWE's in bed with ESPN right now, and ESPN just signed with the UFC, so hey, what? nothing's too far-fetched as far as I'm concerned. Oh, hell, uh-oh, no, and hey, Fox giving $1 billion for SmackDown, that's who would have thought that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That's something separate. I'm really excited about SmackDown being on just basic TV right now. I think that's really cool, because when I was a kid... It was on Fox Kids in the morning, so I, I think that's cool for kids to just flip on the TV and watch it, especially people cutting the cord now. It makes perfect sense for them to do that. Oh, yeah. So I remember, you know, my you know my college days when SmackDown was on UPN. Yeah. You know, I was having them broadcast. Yeah, you just get the bunny ears in your room, and you can watch. It was Channel 50 locally in, in Chicago here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back home, I think it was Channel 21. I had cable, but it was kind of nice. Like, oh, you can actually, because I know a lot of people I worked with who didn't have cable, that, but they could still watch SmackDown and keep up with it. And, Back with, I think great idea. Back with the women's money in the bank. On TV, it seemed like the crowd really wanted Becky to win. Um, yeah, the crowd really wanted Becky. Um, you know, they really, you know, and there's a good chunk that I think also wanted, if I remember, wanted, you know, what am I seeing Ember win too, a new face yeah. win. And it seemed like the only people they didn't want to win was Natty or Sasha, but they were good with anybody else. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Especially, I think, especially Natty, but yeah, Sasha too. They're like, no, uh-uh, no thanks. And going back to, with, with the women's <laughs> stuff, I thought... I don't know how you how well you're able to see it, but the camera work was great in the Rousey Jacks match because it showed how good Ronda was at selling, like her facial expressions and everything. She was just fantastic in this match. Oh yeah, I mean, from what I saw, yeah, I, mean, I didn't get a chance to I was to go watch it with the close ups and yeah. camera, but I thought she did great, just like she did in Mania. Because I think people need to stop giving her crap. She's a lifelong fan. She's busting her ass. She wants to do well, and she's showing it. She's working hard for it. And I, I'm sure you saw Raw last night where she had her, her where she snapped, and I think that's the Ronda I want to see. The badass is not going to take anything. It's it's like a female Steve Austin. She had no problem taking out Kurt Angle and the refs. Yeah, and, yeah. So I thought that I thought it was great. Yeah, she's got superstar you know written all over for a long time, and I could she could be the girl I could see in a, a WrestleMania main event. I could see it happening. Yeah, I mean she got good pops. I was kind of expecting the Chicago crowd to boo her for being you know the outsider, yeah. but. They seem to love her. And every time I've been to an event and she's on or the mention of her, and the crowd pops. Yeah, there's something about her that, you know, you would think that she'd be an outsider boo. There's something about her people like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only, I think, down point of the show was the crowd shitting all over the Roman versus gender match. Yes. And I don't think they could have really done anything to change that crowd's mind that night. No, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Because I thought overall that they had a good match. Yeah. Honestly, we're, Honestly, why people were, you know, people were that pissed off. He wanted to boo Roman the whole time. That's one thing. But then start the stupid chance in the way that had nothing to do with the match. Why? If he, he's, know, he's not in the main event. He's in the mid card. Where you want him? Like, what are you upset about? <laughs> mid card, not even fighting for a title or a title opportunity. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's Chicago has that reputation sometimes of great fans, yeah, but, but but goofy fans too. Oh yeah, because I mean, if they were if they were smart fans, they'd know. Hey. Silence is death. So I mean, you, if you all got up, went to the concessions, or all mm-hmm. just got up, walked to the, you know, to the, to the foyer area and waited to the match and came back, and were silent, that would send a stronger message than all those stupid chants. Another good match was the opener, which now I don't know if you just saw the news I that saw, uh, yeah. I literally just before you called, Big Cass has just been released. Yeah. After he had I, a really good match with Daniel Bryan. I thought so too, and I thought they were high enough. So I'm wondering what happened. There's got something. In the fact that they, they didn't even wish him. You know, yeah. good luck, your future endeavors, blah, blah, blah. Like, damn, who did he really piss someone off? What did he do? Uh, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is maybe something's going to come out with him having some investigation against him or something. That's all I can think of. Good. Yeah, you never know. Something, yeah. Because I was shocked. I thought they were going to 
they're trying to invest in t- time and money in him. Yeah. What do you? Hey, you know, it happens, and it sucks when people lose their jobs. But it, yeah. it, it happens. You know, if he wants to come back, look at Drew McIntyre and look at Junior Mahal. There's a way to get back if you want to. Oh, oh God, yeah. I'll, I'll also, I'll come back at a bad mouth Vince for years and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, and that's why I, whenever someone's old punk will never come back. I'm like, maybe probably not. But if the Warrior can come back, anybody can come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think Punk would be welcome back overall. I just don't think he wants to come back. Right. I, I, like, at least he's done, and I believe him. Good for him. You know, he had a long career, and good for him. If he's done, he's well, done. He, exactly. He's happy. He's saved his money. He's got a, you know, a hot wife at home. And they <laughs> love each other. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a good life. Let the man be happy and let him move on. Yeah, and I think, I think we can retire the CM Punk chance officially. I think we're done with those now. Yeah, I agree. I love how the crowd shot that down in the main event of NXT when mm-hmm. started that. It quickly got booed. Good, good. That's good. Uh, any other overall little highlights or notes? I mean, obviously, we talked about how you got to kind of see um, Alexa coming in. What? How did they? How did they sneak Ellsworth in? Did, did he have all of his like with the whole black? Same stuff? thing. Yep. Yeah, every time they sneak someone in, that's how they do it. There's 20 plus guys that come down dressed in black, and one person's cloaked. Uh huh. Like you know, same of like when um, they brought. Uh, you know, Sting down when he came out of that box. Yeah. You know, after SummerSlam, people thought, "Oh, he's in the box all the time." No, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, they had a cloak on him, which the cloak rubbed part of the face paint off. And yeah. Got him there, and did that? Does that ruin a little bit of a surprise for you being there, or is it just kind of like, eh, "I'm still going to just let this happen." I just let it happen. I mean, that, that's when you sit. You know, when you sit ringside at the venue. I mean, you, you see it. You see it. You know. I mean, I, I figured the James Ellsworth thing, but I wasn't figuring the Alexa. Yeah. After the show ended, was it just Braun, you know, celebrating with the crowd, and they pretty much taking everything down, nothing crazy happened after the show? Exactly, yeah. That was it. Walked back. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll see you on October 8th. You know, that was it. They, they got to hit the road. They had to head to, had to Raw for the next day, which I believe. Yeah, a lot, like a, yeah, a lot of them, I think, they were done. It's three or whatever drive is, and they head out, head out that night, and they're good to go. So what's next for you? What's the next show you got coming up? Uh, it'll be the uh, SummerSlam weekend events. Okay, so that's a that's not a that's not a one-off. That's a whole weekend deal. It's like a mini mania, right? Basically, yeah, basically, you know, they'll have their little meet and greet stuff. They'll have you know NXT Raw, NXT Raw, SmackDown, SummerSlam. We were my friend and I were talking. So is it is this the last year it's going to be in Brooklyn? It would I think it would have to be just because you're risking because ticket sales are you know the overall slowing down. Keep going to the same place over and over again. So and. Having Mania back there a few months later and try to sell SummerSlam at those high prices just three and a half months later. Yeah. I, I just can't see it. Made my, you know, crazy things have happened, but I just see them moving on to somewhere else. Maybe Chicago. Maybe we'll get lucky. It'll come to United Center like it was in 94. We'll come back. Uh, oh, you, you saw what they did with those NXT shirts, did you? Or did you see about that? No, no. What happened? The event shirts and the posters had United Center on them. <laughs> no, on the event posters, they marked it out. They blackened out. And then on, on they, they couldn't sell any of the event event card t-shirts because they had said United Center on it. How do you mess up that badly? <laughs> you know, it's a the you know, a lot a lot of people don't realize that people in that corporate office aren't wrestling fans. Yeah, they have worked there for 10, 20, 30 plus years. Have never even been to a wrestling event. Don't know what's about. They're just, it's a job. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But that's they, that's they funny. Oh man. Yeah, they might have said, well, okay, they're in Chicago. Where were they last? United Center. Oh, okay, that must be it. Put it on, the, you know. Put it on the T-shirt. <laughs> they, I mean, hey, their last United Center house show, they packed it pretty good for a house show too. So they could, they could fill that building up if they wanted to, at well, least they, for a big they, show. For a, for a big show, for like a one-off, yeah, you know. But they, my guess is they get a much better deal with all of Allstate. Yeah, and it's probably easier for the wrestlers right by the airport, easy for the crew, all that stuff too. I get it. I like the Allstate better than the, the United Center, you know. So I'm not going to say I don't, but I, I would like to see a big show come there. 
You never know. So, you know, strange things that happen. You know, it could always happen. Braun could cash in at an octagon. So now, now you put that. Now I want that to happen. So thanks for putting that in my head. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. okay. I like it. Um, any, yeah, any other notes or anything like that for you from the weekend? Um, we talked about a lot, so no big deal yeah. if not. But not, not, not off the top of my head. So I mean, just you know, I got eight weeks to my next event, mm -hmm. and then. Got a few more planned out for the rest of the year, and then yeah, is Raw, Raw's back in Chicago in October. Yep, October eighth. Okay, cool. So I will probably be missing that. We got baby number two due that next week, so I'm pretty sure my wife will kill me if I'm at a wrestling event before her. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's probably happened to be there, and she wouldn't labor a little bit. Oh, early. I think I, I would just buy her like a souvenir, maybe a championship belt or something like that, a celebration. <laughs> You probably need to buy more than that. Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe those T-shirts they keep jacking up the prices too. It's getting ridiculous. Forty bucks for a shirt. Come on, guys. Yeah, there's, there's at some point it's like you're getting too corporate. You're getting too. You're trying to please the Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street and everything else. Like, let's be realistic about the fan base and what they can and can't afford. I guess, but at the same time, if people are going to buy it, I get it. They're a business. You know, when I was well, at Mania yeah. at the Superstore, people were just racking up the the, the checkout. You know. Oh my God! I've never seen a line that long. Yeah. For the superstore, I think. Thank God, um, I go to the memorabilia section, and then once you buy something there, they let me buy. You yeah. Know, going back, I'm sorry. Did you buy something? Yeah. Okay, you can check out here instead of waiting that long, long line. Like, I've never seen it that busy. Yeah. Same thing with me. Like I bought my daughter like, an autograph Charlotte picture, which was only, which I think was thirty bucks, which was fair because she's charging eighty bucks at Access for an autograph, so that was fair. Oh yeah. Exactly. But the, but the same thing. I was like, could I check out here? They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Here's your stuff. Do do it by us. So that was at least that was nice. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, but make sure you guys are following Carry on Twitter at Collar X Elbow Guy. And then if you're going to the Collar Elbow brand store for T-shirts or hoodies or anything like that, it's run by Al Snow, who just bought uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling sometime just after Mania. So keep an eye on him, Al Snow stuff for that. Uh, use the promo code Carry K E R R Y for ten percent off on purchases. Anything else, man? Uh, nothing until the top of my head. It's going right. to be a fun summer, getting leading up to SummerSlam. It is, it is. At least maybe it'll finally cool off around here. It's it's a little too hot for me. If I, I, it is out my window. The fog just rolled in. Okay, so you get, at least it's cooling off a little bit because you're in the city. I'm in the suburbs, so I'm still got, I still got the humidity for me. <laughs> oh yeah, now we're getting this lake effect. It's the one time of the year I like it. All right, good stuff, man. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Okay, so Starcade 1997. WCW takes place on December 28th, 1997 at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., full sellout crowd of 17,500 people. The main storyline here, this is an 18-month storyline culminating with Sting going after Hollywood Hulk Hogan to take the belt off of him and, and to get back WCW. In the background of that, we've got Bret Hart making his WCW debut on pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. We've got Eric Bischoff and Larry Zbysko facing for control of Nitro, which is interesting that Larry Zbysko, an announcer, is now going to be in charge of getting control of WCW. Uh, but there's a bunch of other matches. We'll kind of go down the card here. Before that, the main storyline with Sting when you were watching it when you were younger, were you in with the Sting and the Raptors Crow storyline? I was, yeah. <clears throat> well, I was in high school, almost out of high school. And I just really liked NWO, but then I also liked the power struggle of Sting. Just like one man, like taking all these people on. Like, I really liked that. And then Diamond Dallas Page would jump in, and, but I didn't really care about him. I just <laughs> carried mainly Sting versus NWO. Like, that was, for me, that was the best story. Yeah, the, it, that's part of why I think I like this show so much. Because I was rewatching it, and I've got a few notes, and we'll go down the match card. And there was a few notes I had, and 
the matches aren't amazing, like great or anything, but it, for me, it didn't really drag too much watching the show. There was one match that did a little bit. It was Luger versus Buff Bagwell. Yeah, I uh, had a few that kind of dragged for me. Yeah, so let's get, we'll just, here, we'll just go down the line here. Let me get my notes open. So it starts open, it starts off with Sting kind of walking in their in their intro video of walking through, stepping on pictures of Hogan, you know, yeah. being the dark warrior. Like in some old abandoned warehouse with broken glass and raining. Yep, the, uh, the WCW wrestlers were in the crowd to see, like, what was going to happen, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, good guys, bad guys, yeah. all hanging out There's together. There's, like, Disco Inferno and La Parca <laughs> and Rey Mysterio and yeah. Harlem Heat and all that stuff. <laughs> and they had to sit there the whole show. Like, yeah. throughout the show, you kind of see them. And I thought that was a nice touch. I I wonder if they got paid, like, what they got paid to sit and watch a show that night. Well, maybe. Uh, and then the opening contest, Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. This one, I... Every time I watch Dean Malenko in WCW match, I forget how good he was. Me too. I was like, damn, Dean Malenko's freaking the man. Right. Like, he's small, but he kicks ass, you know? And uh, it was a good match. This is the best match of the night wrestling yeah, was, hands down. I put a gold star next to that one. Yeah. I'm like, if this is what we're in for, then this is going to be a hell of a show. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember watching this live, and the few times I have rewatched it, I think I just rewatched the Sting Hogan match. I yeah. didn't really watch the whole thing. So watching it again, I totally forgot all about all these other matches. I'm like, well, maybe the whole thing was good because I remember liking it. But when you're with friends and you're talking and this and that, you kind of miss a lot of. What Did you? Do you remember watching this pay per view live? Did you like order it with your buddies? Do you remember? Um, I went with my buddy whose buddy ordered it. So there was like six of us just yeah. kind of hanging out and talking and watching, and so it wasn't like we paid 100 percent attention. We were just like movie movie quiet where we were just yeah. sitting there. But, I mean, we were just all talking and yeah. hanging out and watch. it was kind of playing in the background, really. I never ordered a WCW pay-per-view, ever, and I never <laughs> Neither would. have I. I just went to a friend's house that ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> Retails for suckers. So Eddie Guerrero wins by cheating as the Cruiserweight Championship. Any other notes on this match you had? No, you kind of covered it all. Uh, then, th at the beginning of the show, they mention this, and then it happens again. Kevin Nash isn't there tonight. He was supposed to face the Giant. Do you know why Nash wasn't there? No. And so there's a couple, there's like theories or whatever, but the theory is he didn't want to put the giant over because he was going to lose to the giant. What actually happened was Kevin Nash thought he was having a heart attack and went to the hospital. And the reason for that is, I guess, his dad had died of a heart attack recently or he just had a heart attack. So Nash was legitimately scared about it. Yeah. And I kind of believe Nash a little bit there because this is the biggest show of the year. It's a huge show. Mm -hmm. You're just not, it's not a nitro or a thunder. So I believe him. So he did not show up for the show. And it, like he didn't, he told people, but he, that that was the reason for it. Yeah. Scott Hall comes out and does a promo. He does his typical, you to see, WCW or NWO. And what I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember, every time he did that, everyone loved his survey time. They always oh, yeah. NWO. Yeah, I did too. Here they were booing him. You know, this is a WCW well, night. I think, I think the fans just kind of got tired of NWO and they were just cheering for WCW the whole night. Yeah, and then the big show comes out. Right, the big show. The Giant. He wasn't yeah. the big show yet. He beats up Scott Hall. Scott Hall takes a pretty good beating. Well, the thing I like about Scott Hall, like, he's funny at mocking people. Yeah. Like, he's just walking around with his arms straight out, like, ooh, like Frankenstein. <laughs> the spooky fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I li at Scott Hall is, I like Scott Hall. He's coming to sh uh, the local uh, minor league baseball game. We're in, oh, okay. um, we got to check that out. All right. Let me start why is Alexa Tonex Alexa? Alexa! Stop! Maybe we were talking about Bliss. She's Maybe. finally caught up to it. Tell us, tell us the baseball scores. 
<laughs> this is what you get in a new studio kitchen here. In the, in the kitchen studio. <laughs> That's funny. Where were we You're talking about Scott so, Hall? Yeah, he choke slammed Scott Hall. Yeah, he's coming to the minor league baseball game. We're going to go see him. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, we have a, a six-man tag. The Steiners and Big Bubba with the Million Dollar Man, or the billionaire Ted DiBiase, yeah. uh, versus the NWO, which was supposed to have Conan in it, but was replaced with Macho Man Randy Savage. I put, as a note, Macho Man's pretty big upgrade over Conan. <coughs> and I didn't write down who are his partners again, who are Macho Man's partners in that uh, match. Scott Norton and Vincent. I didn't think this match was that good. It was. <laughs> it's a mess. But, but I mean, of the guys in here, I think Savage and Norton versus the Steiners would have been a much better match. Why is Vincent there? Yeah, I don't know why he's there, and then you got Million Dollar Ted DiBiase, and you got all these WWF guys that just totally have a history, and you're like, why are these, whatever, they don't even acknowledge it, and it's, <laughs> it's just garbage. Yeah, and then what was and then a big criticism of this show was that the NWO won a bunch of matches, and this was supposed to be WCW's night, you yeah. know, which I get, particularly this match. There was no reason for <laughs> there wasn't. the Steiners and Big Bubba to lose, but they did. Yeah, It was a little screwy of a finish, but whatever. I guess you want to go up and down and ebbs and flows throughout the show, so I'm not going to get too I think the crazy. point was to win Nitro, to win the world title, and then win the U.S. title, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, next up, we've got Steve Mongo McMichael versus Goldberg. At the beginning, I was excited. I'm like, this is going to be a pretty good match. Like, two football players, two stiff guys who don't really know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Just beating each other up. And that's kind of what it was. Yeah, but it wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be. It wasn't as good as what I thought, but it, it was what it was. Mongo was just an interesting guy because yeah. he was around for a while in WCW. And yeah. I liked like, him. Yeah, well, we're from Chicago. He was a Bears player, you know. <laughs> He's got a good nickname, and Goldberg beats him up pretty well. Hits the jackhammer, one, two, three. But this match was more competitive than I remember, too. It wasn't a squash yeah. match. Mongo no, got some off offense. for about four or five minutes. Yeah, Mongo got some offense in there. <laughs> uh, Next up, we've got, obviously, Goldberg wins this match. Yeah. Next up, we... Oh, hold on a second. Sure, In sure. parentheses, I put slop <laughs> after that match. No gold star next to that one, just <laughs> a slop? Just slop. Okay. Worst match of the night. Well, we will allow it. Uh, next up, we've got Alex Luger versus Buff Bagwell. No, I got uh, Raven Oh, that's right. I skipped Benoit. it. I skipped it. I probably skipped it because the skipped on the network because Benoit's a race from history. I hate, oh, okay. I hate, hate Raven. Never liked him. I really liked Raven. Of course you And did. I liked his flock. Like, I liked everything about it. Like, Sick, Sick Boy. Sick and, Boy, uh, Kidman. Kidman and, uh, what was that guy? He had the eye patch. Riggs. Riggs. <laughs> Loki. Like, I don't know, just everything about it. <laughs> I thought that was cool. <laughs> so Raven was supposed to go against Benoit because there was some sort of buildup, and Raven's like, you know, I'm finally going to fight him tonight, but I'm not. I'm going to have Saturn take my place. <laughs> so it turns into Perry Saturn versus Benoit. But the flock just interferes over and over throughout the match behind the ref's back and all that kind of stuff. And did you give this one a gold star? No. <laughs> but you but, did. But, but you Saturn liked Raven. Won. But you liked Raven. I did like Raven. Yeah. I didn't like Raven. No. He was talking about all oh, the corporation WCW and corporate politics and all that. Like, shut up, Raven, Scotty yeah. Johnny Polo. <laughs> I liked him in W in ECW too. Um, I forgot what team he was in with Bam Bam, but I really liked that also. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then you got Buff and Luger. Let's do, this is my I like this stuff. Let's go. I have I have, I have a note here. <laughs> I don't know why I like Lex Luger so much, but I do. Yeah. Even this match that's not good. Like I I love Luger's WCW theme song. Like, <laughs> let me play that. I'm pulling my phone here. I loved Luger. Loved him. 
And I hated Buff Bagwell, so this was perfect. Are you going to leave me and let me rant about Lex Luger? Where are you going? Yeah, I have to. He's got... (laughs) Anyway, so I think a few reasons I like Lex Luger. The main reason is because in WWF in 1993, when he turned babyface, I would have been in the third or fourth grade. So that turn, as much as we look back on it now, and it's like, oh, that was lame or that was dumb, and why were you trying to put Luger as the guy? That was perfect for me because I needed another Hulk Hogan. I needed a, a new American hero, and Lex doing the turn, body slamming the evil Yokozuna, having a run to be the all-American guy, was perfect for me. So because of that, I always just gravitated towards Lex Luger. And then when he went to WCW, I loved when he won the title from Hogan on Nitro 96. I loved his finisher, the torture rack. I couldn't tell you why it was... Oh, great. We got Eric flushing the toilet in the background of the, the podcast here today. Close the door next time. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Luger and his baby face running WWF and how much I loved him. Oh, I heard you. And then when he came, yeah, because the door was open. <laughs> and then when I when he came to WCW, WCW, loved the torture rack. Loved all that stuff. Here, I got this theme up here. Yeah, listen to that. That generic yeah, guitar. Listen to that Luger theme. The fireworks went off behind him. Yeah. Coming so, out flexing. Yeah. Baby oiled up. His wispy hair <laughs> blowing in the wind. His white boots. You know, love love the total Black package. trunks. Love the total package. I really like Buff. Did you? Buff was the stuff, had the top hat, part of Vicious and Delicious with he, Scott Norton. Yeah, that's dumb haircut. Come <laughs> on. That was ninety seven. That was cool. And he had the like the goatee kind of um like a pencil goatee? Yeah, pencil goatee. He had that like armband tattoo. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. He'd always pose like he was the, the well, the stuff, obviously. Yeah. He, did you like him in the American Males? I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like a long match. It's like 17 minutes. I was like, why'd they give oh, Luke? about 15 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, but I forgot about Vicious and Delicious, like the tag team of him and Scott Norton. <laughs> what a name. Yeah, but this is the thing. Scott Norton was in, in a match earlier that night, and he had Vicious on his uh, tights. You're thinking Psycho Sid Vicious? No, 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 I'm thinking Vicious. I'm like, oh, yeah, Vicious and Delicious, him and Buff Bagwell, NWO tag team. Then I love the the B-team NWO theme music. Yeah. That's so corny. And then I was pissed because Buff Bagwell won. And, again, this is another heel winning. So what are you guys do? What are we doing here, you know? What do you got, Vincent? Well, you got all three of them coming out. Yeah, I get it. But I that this this show would have been a, a whole star level higher had Lex Luger won, in oh, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Any other notes on Lex and Buff for you, or you just kind of halfway skip through this match? No, I did watch the whole match. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. So I, not, I wouldn't have put it on pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> would have been a Nitro match? <laughs> Probably, or Thunder. Thunder. Was Thunder on yet at this time? No. Or I think it just, yes. No, check. I remember, I remember this now. So they hyped the first episode of Thunder because you would think at the controversy of the main event that they would address it on Nitro. No, they they addressed it, but they said, we will find out the result or what the decision is on the very first episode of Thunder, which is right after the Starcade show. Okay. So there you go. There's your... I would have saved it for Thunder. Thunder history. <laughs> main event. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Diamond Dallas Page facing Kurt Henning for the United States Championship. Man, on paper, this looks so good. You know what? The ending wasn't the ending sequence. If they could move a little faster, yeah, would have been perfect. But they were no pun intended there. But they were kind of moving in slow motion to get through their spots. 
I didn't remember when I was watching this today. I didn't remember who won. I forgot if Perfect or, or DDP won. Yeah. So the spot at the end there when Perfect blocks the diamond cutter by hooking the rope and then goes to pin Diamond Dallas Page by putting his feet in the ropes. I'm like, oh my god, Perfect wins. Like, or Kurt Henning wins. Like, what are we doing? More heels winning. Yeah. And then he kicked out. Page kicked out. I was like, oh. And like that last <clears throat> couple minutes, I was invested in the match. So I think. I don't know. I just think maybe they just were kind of, I don't know if they were rushing or what they were doing, but it could have been a little better, but still, was, I was pretty entertained by the match. Yeah. When he when um, Kurt Henning comes out, he's part of NWO, but his colors are just like the light blue and the black, like the singlet gear that yeah, he would always the wear. Yeah, Olympic, the Olympic singlet gear. Like, there's no reference to NWO on it. There's no, it's not like black and white. Like, I don't know. He, that bugged you? Well, he didn't really represent NWO to me. Well, he, <laughs> he came out and he fought. He lost. He got hit with the diamond cutter. This was yeah. the first real field. He was kicked out of NWO right after that. <laughs> that he started the West Texas, Texas Rednecks. Mm -hmm. This was the Crap first. Crap is crap. Was yeah. that what it was? Yep. This is the first feel-good moment of the show. Like, this is the first moment. DDP's music hits. The fake Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah, the That's a big win for WCW. Yeah, who is shouting? Speaking of the announcers, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, you know, um, Tony Giovanni, and yeah. Mike Tanay, they address why Heenan's not there throughout because he's afraid of the NWO or whatever because they took they recently took over Nitro. <laughs> I'm like, man, Bobby Heenan should have been on this whole show. Yeah. He comes, you know, it's just kind of. Well, at the beginning, like Dusty Rhodes, the way he was talking about, I, for, I forgot what his promo was at the beginning. I'm like, this is pretty crappy. <laughs> Like, what is he trying to say? And then he finally just spit it out, and then he moved on to something else. He was not the best uh, color commentator no. guy. Great wrestler, great personality, great interview, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, I was watching the photo shoot in WWE Network with uh, Dustin Reynolds yeah. with Gold. Did yeah, you I see that? Too. Yeah. That was pretty good. He's looking at pictures of Dusty and... There was the one promo with Dusty when he was in WCW with Dustin. He's like, Austin, you baby, is the partner and the sealer with the kiss. I'm like, and they're crying. I'm like, aw, that's nice. Yeah. They're family. DDP wins. First huge feel-good moment of the show. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the, the match markers. I'm like, oh, this show's kind of going by quick, you know? Because I think I'm used to the four or five-hour shows now. This one was two hours and like 45 minutes. I'm yeah. Like, this is pretty moving, moving along here. All right. Right. Next up, we have the match. That made me want to do this show. Larry Zabisco versus Eric Bischoff for the control of WCW. Bret Hart as the special referee. Thoughts <laughs> on this match? I don't know what to say. Like I, I really liked Larry Zabisco back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. I like Bischoff's character, like that smiling, you know, Easy ar arrogant piece of shit. Like, yeah. you know, I'm so much better than you. You ain't shit. I can beat you up. And just the way he would, like, stick and move and jab and, you know, smack the Zabisco in the face. He's like, oh, I won. I'm so good. And, like, he'd dance around the ring every time he, like, jabbed uh, Zabisco in the face. <laughs> yeah. And then he's outside celebrating. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I, I loved that, the few things about this match. I love the whole story, the whole build. I loved that Larry Zabisco would say, the New World Odor. Like, that was his big burn <laughs> on the NWO. <laughs> I, I loved didn't hear that part. Yeah, well, that was like his week to week thing in Nitro. Mm -hmm. I loved Bischoff in the karate gear with no shirt, all oiled. <clears> up. <throat> I loved mm -hmm. Scott Hall's with him. You know, he and he made he made uh, Michael Buffer call himself e, call him Easy Eric Bischoff, also known as Easy E. And then you know it was just a great match. And yeah. then they've got all the cheap interference at the end. The 
best thing ever. We touched on it earlier. <laughs> so Bischoff, if you guys haven't seen this match, is not wearing wrestling boots. He's wearing like kick pads that you would wear in a karate tournament, like foam kick pads over his feet. So in the, at the end of the match, Scott Hall's, you know, obviously cheating, is sticking in this metal. Well, Bischoff puts his foot up on the top rope. Right. And, and Hall has taken too long to get this thing into the boot. Like, I don't know if he's trying to put it under a strap that's yeah. like strapped to his foot. Yeah. But he just kind of lays it on top of his foot and under the boot, like right. the flimsy boot pad. Yeah, but in the, and the boot pad doesn't even go over Bischoff's toes, so no. the boot flaps flip it up and down. Right. <laughs> so he's like, oh, fuck it. we got to get this we, we got to get this over with because he couldn't get it. Right, because the better I can let me distract him for so long. Right. Like, this is just so great. <laughs> and he's like, okay, just do it. Bischoff... It throws the hardest kick, Zabisco ducks, and the, the plate goes flying. like, a, like a silver bar. Like a, <laughs> like a cartoon shot. And Bret Hart can't pretend he didn't right. see it. <laughs> I don't even think that he... I think that's the reason he disqualified or or, or announced uh, no. Zabisco the winner. There was no no. What happened? Yeah, it was just yeah. It was just the ending, and it then was just over. It was just over. <laughs> and Zabisco ducks or whatever it goes flying. But then he no, he kicks him. But because it went flying out, there's no like, you shouldn't be knocked out by that, right? And then what I didn't notice or note when Hall's in there and Bret Hart's beating him up. At the after the match is over and puts him in the sharpshooter, man, the crowd goes crazy. They were so pumped to see that <laughs> yeah. sharpshooter and the hitman. But people could shit on this match and this storyline and all that. But we're just I'm, you go back and watch it. <laughs> I'm just dying laughing. Yeah, and then that, the, that was the best part. And then at the end, <laughs> when Hall's helping Bischoff to the back, Bischoff's all beat up, and he's got his karate black belt around his neck. Like get out of here, go away. Like pushing the camera, <laughs> he's all beat up. Bischoff's the best. You know, so for all the crap about, oh, this is WCW not getting enough wins, they get three wins in a row. They get mm -hmm. DDP, they get Zabisco, and now we get the main event here of Sting versus Hulk Hogan. And I've got a handful of notes here. We can, before we get started on my notes and a few things I want to talk about, what did you remember most about the build to this? Like all the, the Sting stuff, you know, because it started with... Him turning his back on WCW because they accused him of being in the NWO when he wasn't him. And there was the fake sting and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, I think it was Luger initially had, had the deal with it, like where everyone's like, oh, it was sting, you know. What do you remember? What, what are some standout moments of this? The only things I really character? remember that, I mean, every, not every Nitro, well, maybe every Nitro, they would always pan up in the rafters and see Sting if they're watching over. And then sometimes he would rappel down from the ceiling and beat people up with bats. Like, that's kind of just all I remember, and it was always about, you know, Sting's going to take on the NWO, yeah. but I didn't know when he was going to actually fight. Right. So the build-up to this was... I loved when he would come down from the rafters and just point the bat, and, and there was one time when he took out the NWO, and, like, he gave the bat to Luger and, like, turned his back to him, like, hit me, like, you know, whatever, and Luger didn't. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of stuff, and then the last class of the champions, there was, like, that... the. The, the, but we talked about our Clash of the Champions show that like the vulture like that was on the the ring ropes thing yeah. put down and just a cool character looking back now it's not as cool if you think about it but I, I again as a WWF huge fan I loved it I loved the if whole I were story. to watch it week to week again I'd probably get into the Sting character yeah well you're into weird goth 
Nikki Cross. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was really it, it was a great storyline, and obviously the ending of this match was crazy and all that. And it, let's just get right into it. So, first off, thing I want to talk about is Sting's entrance. I loved that laser show. I loved the little kid talking. Yeah. Uh, I loved the. I have actually have it written down here. So what it was, for those who haven't seen it, Sting's kind of like a like a lightning and thunder entrance, and on top of the arena, there's like a sheet, and there's like a laser show, basically, like of Sting. Of Sting and the bat and the crow and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and there's a kid and talking, and, it, and here's, like, the lyrics to it. Okay. And it goes, when a man's heart is full... you got to do it in a, in a higher pitch voice. When a man's heart... Not, I'm not doing that. Do it. <laughs> when a man's heart is full as deceit, it burns up, dies, and a dark shadow falls over his soul. From the ashes of a once great man has risen a curse, a wrong that must be righted. We look to the skies for a vindicator. Someone to strike fear into the black heart of the same man who created him. The battle between good and evil has begun. Against an army of shadows comes the dark warrior, the purveyor of good with a voice of silence and a mission of justice. This is Sting. Like, that was a really good written yeah. thing. Like, it, like, it sums up everything, you know, like, right. with, with all that stuff. Like, look to the skies for a vindicator and a dark warrior, the purveyor of good and of the voice of silence. It's, it's like, that's like good shit, you know? Right. And I think that kind of gets overlooked, like this awesome presentation of everything, because of what happened at the end of the match. Um, the match is what it is. It was a typical Hogan match, except the fact that it was more, it was competitive and all that. I've heard people say that this should have been a, like a total squash. Sting should have beat Hogan in like three minutes. I don't think so. No, not at all. You know, Hogan, even when they go, well, I don't even know if they ever go nose to nose like most matches do. But I mean, Hogan has got at least eighty pounds over Sting. Right, he's a much bigger guy and sting um one of the things i want to talk about so kevin nash did a like a history of wcw timeline interview and they asked him like what did you think of the 90s of this this match what should have happened and nash is like well first off it should have been in a cage match he goes because we would have as the nwo we would have never let hogan lose like we would have been in there so the sting he's like this with sting and hogan should have been a cage because you could have had a prop for them to use. It could have had a reason for, to explain that we're kept out of it, all that stuff. So I thought that kind of made it a good idea. It could be yeah. a bit brutal, could have got some blood if you wanted, all that stuff. That would have worked. Uh, the, also, the other thing I wanted to mention was the Nick Patrick fast count at the end of the match, <clears throat> or lack thereof. Well, just Nick Patrick being selected was yeah, in the controversial. Middle, in the middle of the show, yeah. was... An NWO ref for a while, but then he's—they're you know, saying how you know the past few times they've seen him be a ref, everything's been called down the middle. So, how, what other refs did they? It was like uh, well, it was a, Charles uh, Robinson was a big one, but no, it was JJ Dillon came out and said we picked the names out of a hat and yeah. like to make it fair for both WCW and NWO and all that okay. stuff. And the the fast count by Patrick or lack thereof, I remember it being much slower. It was a little bit faster than he normally does because if you remember, Patrick goes one and he jerks his arm, two, jerks his arm, three. This is kind of one, two, three, like a normal WWF count type right. of thing. Yeah. The crowd was like, wait, well, what, what the hell happened? There's a handful of like, marks in the front like he row. got three. <laughs> yeah, there's a handful of marks that liked it. Uh, I remember there's an issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated I bought, and on the cover it was like Sting with the belt and Hogan with his hands and head in his hands, and it said, we hate to say it, but give the belt back to Hogan. 
And in the magazine, they did a breakdown of Patrick's prior counts in that evening and said it was the same count and all that yeah. stuff. Like they kept kayfabe, which I thought was great. Uh, the I don't know if you ever heard Eric Bischoff talk about this or his no. reason. So he's given a handful of different answers over the years, which is whatever. Um, but here is Eric Bischoff's his reason for what happened, and this he's consistent with this in his book. He said. And this was on an interview he did on Ric Flair's podcast uh, a couple years ago. It said what had happened over the course of a year is he hadn't been working out. He wasn't engaged. He'd show up. He'd do his thing. He'd do it very well. It was great. He'd get on a plane the next morning. He'd disappear. We wouldn't see him for a week. This is Nick Patrick? No, this is Sting. Okay. Yes, this is Bishop talking about Sting. But at the end of our first meeting, talking over about where things were going, when it was over, Hulk and I looked at each other and said, man, we can't go there. He didn't get ready for this. It didn't feel to us like there was a, a priority for him. Originally, the plans for Sting to go over Hogan clean, but I made the decision to change course. Hulk Hogan takes the heat for this. You change the finish. You want to do it BS. That was my call. Right or wrong was my call. So that's kind of silly to me. One, because I don't know if you noticed in the match, the the announcers keep talking about Sting's physique and how big his arms are and all. Like, look at the arms and all. He might have been like chubby under his gear, yeah, but you couldn't see it. So to me, that just kind of I thought he was in shape. That's just a lame reason to change the, the finish because he's like, brother, couldn't you couldn't even get a tan dude? Like, he's just his arms. Take it easy, Hulkster. Yeah. Um, what did you think? How should this match have gone if you booked it? I think it would have been fine if he really did a fast count. Yeah. When I watched it live, I got, you know, through conversation or whatever, I think we just all missed the count. And then when Bret Hart intervened, it's like, oh, my God, you know, he – and then I just believed what they said. Oh, yeah. It was a fast count, this and that. I'm like, okay, cool. Now we're going to restart the match. That's the reason Hitman's here. He's going to be the good guy and all this kind of stuff. And there's everything after that. And Sting, you know, mm-hmm. throwing Hogan in, in the Scorpion Deathlock or um, what do they call that? The Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, yeah Deathlock. Yeah. I forgot. Because he's got the one where he the turns The Death around. Drop. Yeah, that one too. Mm-hmm. So everything, when I first watched it, was exactly how I thought it was supposed to be. Ver- Compared to, like, not compared, but based on what they were telling the audience, like the announcers mm-hmm. and the hitman. But rewatching it, I'm like, that was not a fast count. This was that. So I started noticing different things, but I don't think there was anything wrong with the initial plan. Yeah. You're, I mean, I think it's fine, too. Like, if, they, if, if the fast count was a, a, even a little bit faster, like yeah. one, two, three, like, they didn't have to be crazy, just fast enough. Because, you know, storyline-wise, they can make it make sense where Nick Patrick didn't want to make it obvious. Maybe that's one thing they could have said. Like, yeah. But he just did it too slow. He did. Um, I have the theory that Hogan told him to do it. And he's like, he's like, just do a regular count, brother. I'll take the heat, dude. <laughs> Damn Hogan. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you ever saw the Sting documentary on the WWE Network. He kind of goes back and watches his matches. And he was talking about how nervous he was for this match and how it was such a yeah. big deal. Because he never seemed comfortable being the guy of the show. You know, when it was it used to be him and Flair and then it was Hogan. And he was always there, but he wasn't. This was like on all on him. So yeah, when you said Sting documentary, the first one I thought of was the one that's on YouTube that came out in the nineties. No, it's, it's so generic, like generic rock music, generic actors. I mean, yeah. it was probably produced by WCW. Um, he makes an appearance in it. It's it's about faith and this and that. <laughs> so you're watching like what the hell? Get to the wrestling. No, I, I mean I watched the whole thing, but it was so corny. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think with you that if we kept it the same, just did the fast count would have been good because 
when Sting put the Scorpion Deathlock on and got the win, the crowd went from the first row to the last row, all right. put their arms up. They yeah. didn't seem to care. I think they kind of did like you did when you were watching live. Everyone's like, okay, this is what happened. We Maybe we missed something. Yeah. You know, so I think it could have been fine. Overall, when I was watching the show, it wasn't nearly as bad as I remember at all. You know, so it was fine. So I think for, for me with the... Eddie and Malenko cruiserweight match. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Sting Hart, uh, Sting Hogan. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, the Scott Hall part with the giant. I like that part of the but, show. Yeah. I don't know. Just I, I like the flock. I, I didn't like how they you know took advantage of Benoit. I, I mean, really wanted Benoit to win. Yeah. And Luger with a win that would have been good too. But again, the last three matches, the good guys won. Yeah. So it makes sense for where they were looking to go. I mean, the best part of the show. Hands down, is that metal plate flying out of Bischoff's boot into the third row? Yeah, I wonder who that hit. Someone's I like, don't know. Not it must have been maybe in their beer. <laughs> Someone's not paying attention. <laughs> what the hell is that? Bust him right in the head. It could and it couldn't have been worse because Bret Hart's standing right there, and it goes literally right. By. I think if you look back, he's got a smirk on his face. He's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> My first night on this show, and this happens. The camera catches it. It was just hilariously bad i love yeah. it i love it let's say well, um, they did the replay too it's, it's not like they just tried to let it go they, they actually replayed it they're like oh what, what was that what flew out of there yeah. like you said you can't ignore it like you said i think scott hall was trying to fit it like under a strap he's like screw it just this is taking too long <laughs> hopefully this works it's like when hogan was trying to light the paper on fire with his match with warrior at uh, yeah. halloween havoc 98 he blew his face up <laughs> He's just like, come on, oh, come on, man. like, damn it. Yeah. The, the flame paper. It was just good stuff. So yeah. Out of 10. Nine, uh, uh, out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. I'd give this like a 7 because I really liked the ending of this show. Like yeah. just everything just kind of came together. It made me forget about everything else in the beginning of the night. The whole crowd, all WCW locker room comes out. Everything. Uh, Hacksaw's even there waving the American flag. Yeah. What was weird was when Sting's looking at the camera, he says, he says something in Spanish. He says, Mamacita. He did. I was like, what did he <laughs> so say? Like, and I think one of the announcers even said that. Was that in Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> That's not really Sting. It's L Sting. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I thought it was good. I, I liked, Sto- I liked uh, Sting's demeanor. Like, he didn't really smile or get angry. Like, yeah. He was just stone cold, like, face throughout the whole. The yeah, there match. was one point in the match, and Hogan's, like, kind of whitewashing him in the corner, you know, pie-facing him and going, where are you at now, hero? Where are you, hero? And, like, oh, he's calling him a hero. He's calling him a hero. He's like, that's what this is all about, yeah. being the hero. Mm-hmm. And then they have a rematch at Super Brawl after the title's vacated. Another awesome moment when released to this is when, on Thunder, they have J.J. Dillon come out and say that the title's vacated. Sting comes out and, like, his first words to J.J. Dillon, he goes, you got no guts. And he points to Hogan and goes, you? You're a dead man. And, like, walks out of us like, ooh, what a badass. Right. Like, the first thing he ever said, yeah. besides Mamacita, I guess. <laughs> uh, that is Starcade. I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10 as well. All right. So for the people that hated it, there's plenty of people on Twitter that hated it. When I t- posted, I was going to say this. I think I said we're going to find the positive in the show, and someone said when it ended. <laughs> no. Come on now. There's plenty of worse pay-per-views than this. Much worse. 
But yeah, that Eddie Guerrero Malenko match, I I love that match. Yeah, I wish I was later on in the night, like open up with that six man with the NWO and the others, and you know, kind of gradually get better. Like you can't put out your best match and then just go downhill (laughs) until you hit. (laughs) What are you talking about, Zabisco (laughs) Bischoff, man? Five stars, five star match. All right, we'll put it in there out of ten, right? (laughs) Yeah, you got to watch the Omega Okada fourth match. The two I got to look for it. I give you my New Japan password. It's on. Excellent. It was good. Get some time. It's a long match, but it was great. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best match I've ever seen or anything like that, but if someone is that invested in the storyline of those Mm -hmm. two, I can see it. I was just casually invested in it, but as a standalone match, it's just incredible. Just incredible. How was the Jericho Nito? Good. It was just a a brawl, a really good brawl. I think the uh, Gargano-Champa match was better because they're both similar in the fact they were brawls. Um, Jericho did come out looking hilarious. He came out in the clockwork orange outfit or whatever with like his eyes painted and, and, and the top hat yeah and someone put like a meme on twitter it was like maury my kid dresses scary because he wants to and it was like a picture <laughs> of jericho dressed all goofy yeah. i saw a fallout fallout boy meme about him yeah what did it say i don't remember i would have said it <laughs> it was him uh like sins or tragedies whatever song that was right? i write sins not tragedies something like that that was panic at the disco get your emo rock band oh panic straight. at the disco yeah Panic at the Jericho? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe was it was something like that. Panic at the Jericho. But it was like that off that video that the guy was dressed similar with the, the hat like Jericho was Yeah, wearing. yeah, yeah. The clockwork orange guy. That, that'll that wrap up the Starcade for this week and the show this week. Uh, I'm hopefully going to get to interview Kerry in a little bit. And I, if he does, I will put him in the middle of the show and post. We'll be talking about more of current stuff with him. We're going to try to get a show out again next week. Um and then we'll see after that because moving is going to start soon and all that stuff. But I really appreciate all the follows on Twitter, guys, and thank you for all the feedback, and thank you for sticking with us, even though we had a, haven't had a show in a couple of weeks. Episode 51, we're going to keep on moving down the line and subscribe and share with your friends and any show topics you guys want to think of, let me know. I've got, I've got a bunch to pull out of a hat, so let me know of any other ones you guys have, or if you have one, Eric. You'll let me know. I'll let you know. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get discouraged about. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Uh, shout out again to Daniel Spencer from the Ringside Podcast. to get to meet up with him, have lunch. And he bought me lunch. He didn't have to do that. He gave oh, me a T-shirt. Nice. Yeah, he gave me a T-shirt and all that, too. So Where'd you go? Portillo's. Nice. He's from out of town, so you got to have Portillo's. All so right. good. Uh, we'll be seeing everybody, hopefully, at the All In Show. At least I will be. You're not going. but no, I, I'll, I'll try to watch it if it's on pay-per-view. Yeah, because you take a sip of Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we'll go to StarCast if it's cheap. We'll go walk around and see what's up to people. No. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you like vendors. You can make deals with people. Uh, no. It's Labor Day weekend. I might be busy. You're, yeah, you're going to be just helping me move next month. <laughs> Before we started recording, I told Eric, I'm like, hey, I'm going to help moving. He's like, yeah, I'll be busy that day. You know what day I might have to work out or go out of town. I'll, I'll be busy. <laughs> You'll figure something to do, right? Yeah. All right, guys. I'll be in the air conditioning just kicking it watching uh, Netflix. <laughs> At least go rent a movie. Netflix. Mm, Netflix movies I'm not a fan of for the most part. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones I yeah, watched. But, like, you get, like... I found this is like a tangent, but this is like kind of more on my more love of physical media. So I find that if I sit and watch Netflix with like my wife, we'll just sit and like veg out and like not talk and like binge for, you know, a few hours of just episode episodes. Whereas if we go out, we're at Jewel, go to the Redbox, rent a movie, 
and come home and watch it. Like well, it'll be considered like an evening together. Like we'll watch the movie and that'll be done, and then we'll have dinner before or whatever. So it's like an evening. So it's a different experience type of thing. And I get it why streaming's so convenient. But for me, I hope physical at least sticks around somewhat for people because it's a different experience. Plus, because when it's over, it's over. It's over. It's over. Like yeah, like the movie's done. Now we don't we don't have to search on the uh, different TV shows or another movie or like you you might like it's done. Yeah, and. Right. Another thing, Quentin Tarantino talked about how he doesn't watch any movie streaming. He goes, because with streaming, he goes, a movie's got to catch you in the first, like, 10 minutes. If you're bored, you're like, I'm done with this movie. I'm going to find something else. Whereas if you have a, a disc or, or whatever, you're like, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give it some time to build and all that stuff, too. Because <laughs> I'm totally guilty of that. Like, if I'm watching something, even on, like, cable, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not watching this. Because it's yeah. one button, you watch something else. Um, and that goes back. Yeah, to, I do that. I mean, even with DVDs or, or VHSs, I would do that. Like this movie sucks. You you yeah. I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, I do a little bit. Uh, but it, relating it back to wrestling, that's why I kind of like some of. I, I still like WWE still releasing DVDs and Blu-rays because they have, are doing stuff with like unreleased content. Like they just released the Macho Man DVD set, totally yeah. unreleased. I like that stuff. It's it's pretty cool. And the artwork and the biggest thing for me, honestly. Is if net, the WWE Network will get the fast forward function like Netflix has, where you can see what you're fast forwarding, right? Yeah, it's so much easier. Like I have the network, but I also have a bunch of like I will go grab like Royal Rumble '96 on DVD and watch it there because I know I don't want to watch the whole thing, and it's easier to fast forward out of damn DVD than it is the network. So yeah. get on it now. Yeah, that's true. It's it's easier. Well, I was at my sister's house because on my Roku it doesn't have uh, match markers. Yeah. But she has uh, Amazon Fire Stick, so I installed yeah. the, the app on the Fire Stick, and that has match markers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how come Roku can't do this? It's <laughs> weird. Like the PlayStation has that, but yeah. the Apple TV doesn't. It's like you think the Apple TV would. It's yeah. I don't know. Like the network's really good. I'm not going to complain too much because it's ten bucks. Although I've heard that they may start offering different tiers. Like if they sign indie promotions to have their content, or there's even rumors that like TNA stuff's going to come to them. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, it's been about a year they've been talking about that. Yeah, so I could see them like if you want the like the the universal package, which is fifteen ninety nine and all that stuff, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Either way, it's better than paying sixty bucks a month for pay per views oh, like people used to do. <laughs> even if I, you know, we would order maybe four a yeah. year. Still even crazy. if you just order one a year. Yeah, it's nuts. You have to. You have to. Or as of right now, if you watch two pay per views a year, the network pays for itself. Right. And well, there's things like I'll watch on, say, Monday Night Raw, and they're hyping on big events. My mom will be like, can you get that? I'm like, yeah, it's part of the network. Every time, she's like, oh, can you get that? Do you get to see that? I said, yeah. She's like, you don't have to pay for it? I'm like, not really. I'm, I am paying for it, 10 bucks a month. But you're paying for the other stuff, too, yeah. for the stuff you get to watch on this show. We wouldn't right. be able to do this show without it. That's it true. could be a lot harder. We have to, Daily Motion, YouTube, yeah. VHS tapes, all that Who stuff. Who needs all that anymore? Yeah, right? I do. It's my stuff. Daily Motion. <laughs> no, not Daily Motion. <laughs> Daily Motion would drive me nuts when it freezes yeah. or is like part one of 17. I'm like, oh, right. my God, come on. Yeah. That's what I did for about a year. Yeah, and you're like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? <laughs> I have 10 bucks laying around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the end of our, our physical media rant, at least mine anyway. Follow us on Twitter, guys, at PPW Podcast, uh, Positively Pro and Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening, and we will see everybody next week.